Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Joe Vore Podcast, JV Podcast Network. 16 Sundays in hell. Week 15? Week 15. The snowman is here. We are live from Ohio. We are live from the garage. Our first, the snowman and I have done many podcasts. Him as a guest, him as a producer. Um, this is the very first one I think we've ever done in person. I think this is the second one. When was the other one? We did one over the summer, maybe two summers ago. I don't know. Two summers ago, it started in August, and it wasn't... I'm talking... Okay. We, we gotta go back, back to the, the way, way she goes. So this is the way she goes. Did this we? This is our first of the Joe Vore. But did the one that we? I remember trying to record a way she goes podcast in person. I think Mason was there at your house. Yeah. But did that ever make it to publication? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so either. So, anyways, sixteen Sundays in Hell, week fifteen. Browns, Giants. The Browns. They avoid master destruction nightmare because not only did the Browns giant so this is funny right so the Browns are playing the Giants it gets flexed to Sunday night football you would think in a regular world if you were just to drop someone in they don't know anything about COVID and you know who Odell Beckham Jr. is and you know that he used to play for the Giants and you know that he used to play and now you know that he plays for the Browns you would think oh it got flexed to Sunday night because there's going to be 70,000 people at MetLife Stadium to see Odell Beckham Jr. make his return, his second return to the stadium, but his first return playing the Giants. But no, it got flexed. There's no fans in the stands. Odell Beckham Jr. is hurt, and it turns ends up turning into Jason Garrett, their offensive coordinator, getting COVID. So Freddie Kitchens steps into the offensive coordinator box, and then Colt McCoy, the third-round pick, the once hopeful savior of Cleveland Browns football is quarterbacking because Daniel Jones, their quarterback, is hurt. It's an all-time scenario. All-time. And one that (laughs) if you're a Browns player, you are trying desperately to not lose this game. You are trying so hard not to lose. I mean, there's so many guys now and so many years have passed. I didn't even know Colt McCoy was still alive. I thought he died in some sort of like oil like accident. He was out like checking out BP and his Texas oil money, and he like fell in or something. Yeah, I can't believe like the fact that he's still playing football is unreal, and that he started tonight and Freddie Kitchens was calling the plays. I feel like so much. There's so many new bodies and so much new blood in the Browns uh, facility and the organization that I think before this would have been an all time like last year, right? When uh, Duck Hodges starts for the Steelers in a game the Browns absolutely need to win, third-string quarterback, and he lights it up like he's Ben Roethlisberger or John Elway. Yeah, it's the difference between that Browns team and what we have now. Is that we're good? Yeah, they're good. They're, we're good now. But, you know, like you said, there's just so much new blood. It's yes. Different, different philosophies everywhere. A real coach. Real, a real coach. Kevin Stefanski should be the coach of the year, by the yeah, way. Heck yeah. Like, hands down without a doubt. I mean, yeah. That, and speak about it. We talked about it. Him and Baker are really starting to catch a rhythm. Yes. Um, Baker has been excellent really since the Cincinnati game. I guess, well, you throw in a couple of those games in there, the bad weather games. You really don't. Yeah. You, do, yeah. you don't hold those against him. You know, you don't hold that against him. But he didn't. 
lose us those bad weather games. They no. still won all of those games except for the Raiders game. But once they got past those bad weather games, and we've seen them go up against Tennessee. Now we know we talked about Baker, and it got talked about again tonight. He's really, really bad, and his QBR plummets. It's like Cam Brady after the phone call, straight down, straight, straight down, down when, when he starts getting pressured. But when he's not being pressured, before he's like Cam Brady before the phone call, holy, 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 right up, then straight down. But so he goes up against the Ravens, a team that can get after him a little bit more. He looks really good. And again, tonight, I mean, he was red hot all night 27 to 30, 32, 297, two touchdowns. He looked really, really good. He really only missed one throw tonight in which he threw behind Landry. And that was really the only one that he missed tonight that was like, ah, that wasn't great. And he took one sack where, you know, he almost evaded evaded the pressure with the Browns. Even with Wyatt Teller out and then Chris Hubbard going down in the very first play, Greg Robinson was unavailable. He's down in uh, the Mexican prison with Michael Schofield on his way out. (laughs) <laughs> like so, Wait, it's illegal to traffic 130 pounds of marijuana. Apparently in El Paso, El, El Paso, Texas, it is. Gotcha. Yeah, that's what it is. Um, oh, my mic fell there. I'm good now. Um, but yeah, the Browns just looked really, really sharp tonight. Baker's looked really, really good. The Browns 10 and four, and they play the New York Jets, who won today for the first time. Yep. And we were talking about this earlier. I think this is great that the Jets won a game. And, and, and it's good for the Jets because, well, I guess, I don't know, the Jets, it doesn't matter. They're going to be going out there. They're going to be trying to win. Maybe not as hard because they really don't want to win zero well, they, games. They can't win. They, 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 they cannot win. If they, they want Trevor Lawrence, they can't win. They, they can't win. So that's working in their favor. That's working in the Browns' favor. And also for the Browns, the Browns see that they won a game. And they beat a very good team. A Rams team that has been very, very good and really catching stride. A team that people are talking about rising that could make their way back to the Super Bowl. People are talking about it. Deep playoff run. People are talking. People are asking. So they knock off the Rams. Um, So I think that's huge because that puts them on the radar. The Browns will make the trip back to East Rutherford, New Jersey, Meadowlands next week to take on the Jets. And the Browns have a golden opportunity to get to 11-4, and four, stay at the top of that wild card. As long as they keep winning, if, they, if the Browns went out, Baltimore cannot catch them. Yeah. And if the Browns went out, obviously, and, and it doesn't matter what Indianapolis and Tennessee do, the Browns went out, they own the tiebreaker. The Browns, with two games left, are 110% in control of their own destiny in terms of taking the number one wildcard spot, which is incredible, especially when you look at the two games we have left. Snowman, we obviously we, we keep beating a dead horse here. The Jets, the absolutely no reason the Browns should not win, should not look really, really good against the Jets and get that 11th win. But looking too far ahead, the Browns should not do this week to week, but this is what we do as podcasters. We look ahead at home. We're going to be in attendance I really, really like. Now it's it's going to depend on what the playoff implications implications look like for the Steelers. I don't think the Chiefs are going to lose. So the Steelers, you know, who knows? Maybe something happens. The Steelers could have a lot to play for if they really want that number one seed. Depending on what happens with Kansas City, and you know, the Steelers, I think they still have to play the Colts, so they still have to win themselves. But I think that's a very, very winnable game. Week seventeen against the Steelers, the Browns have a great chance to win twelve games. As you know, as we just you know talked about, the Rams and the Jets in the NFL, anything can happen. Yeah, literally any given yep. Sunday, movie title. But, hey now, you know, shout out Pacino. The 0 and 13 Brown or 0 and 13 uh, Jets are going into the Rams and just taking it to them. 
for 60 minutes. So, you know, as you and I keep saying, yep. should win the game, but it's just nice to see that the Jets go in there and they beat the Rams because anything can happen. Exactly. So it's not, hopefully not going to be us. We're not going to be the Rams. No, we, we do not want to be the Rams. And take, it, take, a, take the week off or whatever, whatever they ended up doing. Exactly, exactly. And it, it, in my mind, the way that I'm trying to spin it is we've talked about it these last couple of weeks when we were talking about would you rather the Browns be red hot and be going into the playoffs 13-3 and three and maybe you know, peak a little bit too early or, you know, end up getting themselves into a, you know, a place, you know, they win a little bit too fast and they kind of, you know, get into a weird spot there. You know, it kind of has that same effect. Okay. You know, it's good that the Browns really, really competed and were in it for, you know, 59 minutes against the Ravens and lose it at the end on on, on an incredible field goal by Justin Tucker, right? They lose that way. They lose a tough one to the Ravens. And then that, I think in turn, you know, if the Browns would have won on Monday, I don't think they would have looked as good tonight. Yeah. I don't. Oh, right. You know, like, like I said. I really, I really believe that. Like I said in last week's uh, Sundays, you know, there's no such thing as a win is a win, a loss is a loss. That was a really good loss. Especially when you're a team like the Browns. Exactly. Right? Like if you're a team like the Chiefs, you're like, it really doesn't matter. We're going to be in the playoffs. And, you know, just get us in. We're that good. Yeah. Uh, you know, but for a team like the Browns. To have it, a loss of that caliber to where you played really well. Right. And, you know, you did everything. Especially looking back at week one about how exactly. bad it was. Exactly. You know, when you go into a game and you do everything that you can to win. And, you know, like I said. And it was like the first time I remember watching a Browns game and not being pissed off because... And it was the resilience, too. Down two scores, and all of a sudden the interception. They have to come back again. There were many times where they had to fight their way back. Like, they're there, and then they have to take a step back. The Ravens hit them, and they hit back. No, it was incredible, everything that they did. Resiliency, the way that they did. Baker bouncing back. I mean, he had one bad throw. The interception, bad decision. But other than that, I mean, Baker went right back out there and did what he needed to do. So, um, you know, so we look at it the same way. It's great that the Jets won this game. The Browns won't overlook them. The Jets won't have probably, you know, who knows? We don't know. But the way that we're spinning it, they won't have as much desperation. Uh, But it was just good to see the Browns win, twenty, like we said, 20-6 to tonight. And this game was, you know, if you're not a Browns fan, right? And even for us as Browns fans, tonight was kind of a snooze fest. The game went... Really, really fast, yep. and, and it wasn't electric, but here's what's really cool. You know what good teams do? They go on the road, and, they and I know it's and, and they do what they're supposed to do. Baker was very efficient. The Browns took care of the ball. They yep. did everything that they were supposed to do. They kept the Giants a bad team. They didn't give them any momentum. They were Ben don't the Browns defense is terrible, but they still found a way to only give up field goals tonight. They went in there and they just did what typical good teams usually do. Go in there, take care of the ball, do the business, find the end zone, quarterback efficient, taking care of the ball, sharp focus, leading the way. The Browns checked all those boxes tonight, and I really, really like that. I love how they bounce back after that emotional uh, Ravens loss. And, and, you know, the Browns were down a big piece um, with Olivier Vernon. Good to see Denzel Ward back. I'm just kind of rambling. I'm just kind of thinking yeah, about no. things that I, that I yeah. picked out from tonight's game. Good to see Denzel Ward back. Denzel Ward back. He looked good. So, like, like we said, week to week, it's it's the Browns. The goal is to go one and zero, to stay healthy, injury free, and stay off the COVID list. 
Um, and, and hopefully down the stretch here we get Teller back and, and everyone is going to be ready to go. I think Garrett will continue to, to get his win back, and, and hopefully he'll be, he'll be uh, pretty close to, to where he was pre-COVID once Week 17 Pittsburgh rolls around. Yeah, well, like, exactly like what you just said. You know, they did Browns did exactly what a good team does. Yes. They, they came into a, to a, what would have been a hostile environment. No right. Fans, so that totally negates that. Right. But, you know, to come in and throughout the last few weeks, to be honest with you, this Giants team has been pretty Yeah. Good. You know, with Especially that defense. Where they just got throttled, you know, their defense was no joke. And not at all. saw that because Chubb and Hunt didn't really run, run wild on them. No, not at all. They were, they were contained right. most of the game. For sure. And, you know, this was just a real grinded out football win. Yeah. A good football guy. Yeah. If you like football and you like, you know, toughness and, you know, grit. You right. Know, all, that, all that good stuff. And, and it's funny because we feel that way and, and optically it looked that way. It kind of reminds me of last year where no one had, no one got the ball more than Nick Chubb in the entire NFL and we still felt like Freddie wasn't giving it to him yeah. enough. You know, we, we say that and the game seemed that way, but then Baker's stats pop at the end, up at the end. He's like, he threw it 32 times. <laughs> Yeah. And you know that's not a ton well, for. Yeah, exactly. He was very efficient. Right. You know, he only he didn't have over three. And we blinked at the beginning of the game, and he had 15 completions before we even yeah. knew what was going on. He was very efficient, and there wasn't really any big plays. You know? No, a lot of short, intermediate. Yeah. Play action. Like I said, it was it was a total grind it out. You know, ground and pound, then throw play action. All right. That. You know, it was a methodical game. It was a yep. methodical win. They controlled the uh, time of possession. And they controlled the ball for most of the game. You know, I, it, it seemed like they, they had the ball, you know, they had, what, two or three 95-yard drives? They had two 95-yard drives. Yeah, Unbelievable. Unended touchdown. touchdown, yes. Exactly. That does not happen. Well, that's the first, t- that's the first one. That's the only team to do it in the NFL this year. Um, yeah, and it, and it was just terrific. And we, we talk about, you know what this game felt like? I think this is going to perfectly summarize it. As you know, as football guys know, you come out in the NFL, you usually have those first 10 to 15 plays scripted, right? Yep. It felt like the Browns, if, if they were able to script out the entire game, they, they were probably not off script for yeah. one play the entire night. Yeah. There was not, you know, I think, I can't remember exactly what it was. I don't have a Coach Jarvis uh, box, <laughs> box score in front of me, but... Uh, I don't think Baker got sacked more than once or twice. I, I think it was just once on, yeah, on the one where once. he spun out left and kind of got yep. hit from behind. And th- ended up, yeah, throwing it. And, and there were a couple times where we, were, where we were behind the chains. And again, I don't like the Browns have had really, really clean first halves. You know, these last several weeks when they come out and they look really, really good against Tennessee. And these last couple of games, some penalties have creeped up on them in the second half. And yeah. I and I, I just hate. To uh, see those things, I like to see them, you know, close out uh, the games a little bit cleaner, a little bit crisper. Yeah. Um, but you know, that, that's a good place to be in because right now we're just picking nits at things. Exactly. Usually, it's like, oh my, for the love of God, can we just win a game or get a play call <laughs> can in? We complete a pass yeah, for the love right. of God, yeah. can we just look like an actual football team? Yep. Um, so it, it's an, it, it feels good to be in a place where you're picking nits. It's like, hey, we got to clean up, you know, some of these some of these penalties here and there that creep up on us in the in the second half when we're when we're winning. And we're just running out the clock. Right. And I, I just have to, you know, make a formal apology to the Mayfield. Send my deepest regards Whoa. to the Mayfield family. Boy, is my face red. Boy, is my face red. <laughs> I have been not necessarily on air, 
but in my inner circles have trashed Baker. Right. And I held on to him for a while, yeah. and then I was creeping into your territory. You were creeping into my was. territory. I remember that. I was. I was very much and out. Then, but I've got to tell you, man, the last six, seven, six, seven weeks, you know, he made it through the three-game the three stretch where the weather was the worst weather in the history of football. It was bad. You know, for three straight weeks. Wind, rain, crap. As bad as it could be. Yes. And, you know, you come out of that stretch of games, and you look at his stats. He didn't have any turnovers. He wasn't doing anything. But he also didn't throw any touchdowns, but it's like, okay. He wasn't throwing any bad touchdowns. He wasn't throwing any bad picks, but he wasn't throwing any touchdowns. Right. But it was just kind of like a, okay. He didn't, for once, he didn't do anything that hurt the Browns. Right. Weathered the storm. Exactly. He just weathered the storm. And then we got out of that stretch, and, you know, last three games, he has been on fire. Right. And really playing well. And it's like every time I, you know, when you watch Aaron Rodgers, you watch Pat Mahomes, you watch, you know, you used to watch Drew Brees, all those guys. Um, whenever they drop back, you're just waiting for them to throw it to the open guy. Right. And, and you just see, like, you don't necessarily know because you can't really see down the field on the camera view. But right. But you just know somebody's going to go up and he's going to fire it. Right. The last three games, every time Baker rolls out or he drops back, I'm just like, all right, where's the open guy? Like, yeah. That, and that, you know, that, is night and day. It's night and day from Trevor Kitchens to Kevin. Or even just a few weeks yeah. prior to this. Right. I mean, I think the biggest thing that you're describing here is just the 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 poise, the control, and and, and I think if you were to look at his feet, and if you were to look even and even if you cut off the middle part of his body and just looked at um, how many times he he's leaving the pocket maybe when he doesn't need to yeah. going last year through the beginning of this year and then and then I, I remember a lot of times last year too a lot of hitching a lot of you know is that open oh I I'm kind certain. of I kind of missed it now I'm gonna yeah. throw it yep. we're not seeing very many hitches from Baker Mayfield at all if he's hitching it's him going from one side of the field hitching and knowing exactly where the guy is on his secondary read and Firing it in there to Peoples Jones or Higgins or whoever's on the the yeah. backside, kind of the, the weak side, the, the yeah. you know the second third read, um, and he has just been like we said, very much in control, very poised. It's just been very very clean. You know, you talk about w- with your feet and your decision making. You want it to be quick. You want it to be in, in control, but you don't want it to be rushed. And that's exactly where Baker is right now. He's moving quickly, cleanly, efficient. And it's not Michael Scott when he's, you know, when Michael Scott, remember when he's describing basketball, it's like jazz. Like, dude, dude. Like, Baker Mayfield's playing jazz right now. He's not a linebacker or a guy on, you know, a kicker headhunting on on kickoff. Boom, bang, crash. Like, that's not. Baker Mayfield is like a point guard out there. He's he's smooth jazz right now, Michael Scott style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt. No doubt about that. The, uh, what was the other thing? I had another thing. You did have another thing. Yeah, my other my other thing to piggyback off of the Baker thing. Yes. You know, as I was, just, I'm a very irrational fan. I'm a irrational. Emotional. Fan. You I'm care. Emotional. Very I passionate. Pissed. I called you crying on the phone yesterday. I, I don't know if I said it in last week's episode, but I called you crying. I'm like, the Ravens. The Ravens game. Yeah, the Ravens game. Yeah, I'm like, the Browns are gonna win this game. Amazing. And it was unbelievable. But you know, I think I really do think that the 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 problem yeah. that Baker had at the beginning of this year. Yep. And through the, you know, kind of the middle of the season. Right. It was just the not having the time to spend with Kevin Stefanski. Right. And, and, and everybody on the offense as a whole. Right. It, that, the... Well, think about this. Kind of 
You bring in, look at everything that's working against Baker. How many offensive coordinators, how many head coaches has he had yeah. in his, he's, he's just finishing up his third season. They finally bring in this guy. And offseason, even with OTAs, even with everyone healthy, that's not enough time to hit the ground running week one and to be amazing. Correct. Yeah. And then you add on top of it, guess what? You get practically none of that. And they don't get to build any sort of camaraderie because you get in there and they send you home. They don't want you hanging around because there's a pandemic going on. Yeah. You know, th there's all that factor. You're bringing all these new guys and it's great. But it's like how much of a team can they really be? How much can they really build through Zoom and they're not in and around each other a ton? And, then, you know, they have to be distanced and spaced and all these other things. So in normal conditions, it's super tough and all that's working against you. And then... You throw on top of it coronavirus and having to learn the entire offense through Zoom and then come in and on the field and doing it. So you make it, and we said this earlier and we said this last week, Baker and Stefanski, you can tell that they're really starting to catch a rhythm. They're really starting to figure things out. Baker's starting to put it all together. And when those guys are going, I mean, everyone else is doing their things. And we talked about, you know, how good does Donovan Peoples-Jones look? Making oh, contested dude. catches. What he, a great sixth-round pick. You think? Yeah. Oh, if, yeah. You can find, if you can make any of your sixth-round picks, guys, who cool. find the field with any sort of regulality, yeah. yeah. No doubt about that. And, and you're starting to see, you know, what, what Landry is yeah. once again, you know, how important he is. And, again, the resurgence of Rashard Higgins makes me so, so happy because uh, Baker's rookie year – absolutely love him he loves baker a guy who took less money to you know and, and could have been like okay this whole you know i love you baker uh but this whole cleveland thing is just dead to me because last year was such we weren't inside the building but seemed like, a, like it was obviously on the it was definitely a bad experience for him and from the outside looking in it seemed like an unfair experience to him now we don't know all the details so that would be a bit irresponsible to say for sure but us seeing what he was and what he means to Baker going back to his rookie year, the, the times where he was like healthy scratches or just inactive last yeah. year when he was healthy, just made absolutely zero sense whatsoever. Um, and it's just been it's just been beautiful watch. All those things, you know, fall into place. Obviously, Nick Chubb, the Dark Knight, and Kareem Hunt back there, they're gonna do their things, and it's just it's just exciting, and it makes me really excited for these last two weeks. And you know, I you know, barring something catastrophic, the Browns are going to make the playoffs. But all you know, what we're talking about right now is, you know, what's the matchup going to be? What seed is it going to be? Not if we're going to make the playoffs. And that's 100% uncharted territory for the Browns. And it's going to feel good because I really believe the Browns are going to win these last two games that they aren't going to be the team that gets that seventh seed. It's like, oh, well, if it was a regular year, if it was the old rules, the Browns wouldn't have made the playoffs. Right. No. They're going to be if it wasn't, commanding the Yes. Loud. And if it wasn't for the Steelers starting off so hot, yep. I mean. Playing Jeff Driscoll and all those freaking. Yeah. Right. If it wasn't for the Steelers starting at 11-0, yep. uh, you know, the Browns could have made a real, real. And, if, you know, they still would have been making a real push at the division if they would have pulled it off against Baltimore last week. Yeah. But yeah. if it wasn't for Pittsburgh getting off to an incredible start, 11-0. And, the and Browns would have been you know, right there. Pittsburgh had, you know, two or three games throughout that 11, the 11 straight games where, you know, one thing goes a different way, and that's and that, a loss. That's the way she goes, though. That, but yeah, exactly. Bounces exactly one way or the other. She goes. Yep. 
bounces one way or the other. All right. So, yeah, 16 Sundays in hell. Browns are 10-4, and 20-6 over Freddie Kitchens and the fighting New York football giants. Uh, my picks this year, I don't have the entire schedule off the top of my head, but just know I picked the Browns to go 9-7. and seven. That's not going to happen. Because the Browns have overdone my prediction, which is awesome. The Browns 10 and 4 on the year. I'm 10 and 4 on the year. Really excited about that. I have the Browns winning against New York and losing against Pittsburgh. So, best case scenario, I go 11 and 5 as my picks. But, best case scenario, our Browns go 12 and 4, which is what I'm absolutely rooting for. No. I love it. 16 Sundays in hell, week 15. Week 15. Week 15. Joe Vore, producer Snowman. We will talk to you guys after, fingers crossed, the Browns win next Sunday.